D-heads, for a Disney Halloween treat. The annual Not-So-Scary Halloween Celebration, only on DizRadio.com. Happy Hallowishes, everyone. <laughs> it's time, D-heads. Disney Blue presents... Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air. Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all you Disney fans, you tuned in for another spooky, frightful edition of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And this week, for show number 197, for the week of October 26th, 2017, we are concluding our seventh annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. That's right, all month long, we've been celebrating Halloween fun tidbits, music, celebrity guests, and all kinds of frightful treats and tricks for all of you D-heads out there. And this week is the culmination. After an entire month of Halloween, we're going to continue to keep it spooky one last time for you. And this week is somebody that knows spooky. It knows terror. They know how to be wicked. We have none other than Wendy Worthington stopping in here at the show. That's right, Wendy Worthington, who you may know as the nanny from Disney's Tower of Terror movie. That's right, the wonderful world of Disney film that we all know that was based on the attraction and she's going to stop in and talk about what it was like working on this film for Disney's Tower of Terror being killer lunch ladies and things like Buffy the Vampire Slayer being on shows like Ally McBeal even Stevens and of course being part of the Broadway production of Wicked and Wendy's going to stop in celebrate Halloween all the festivities and terrifying fun as she's going to be stopping in here this week in addition, no spooky celebration would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, and we have all kinds of fun as Aaron is rising from the coffin. You have the questions, he has the answers, and he's going to answer all your questions And I want to know. We have Dominic riding with the Headless Horseman and giving you this week's short leash. We have Alexa from Disneyland and Walt Disney World giving you the latest spooky fun and rundowns with Disney Parks in 5. Maybe your stomach is growling, you're getting ready for some tricks, some treats, some Halloween candy. We have Trisha and Jamie back with Magical Money. And let's not forget Paige, as she's going to bring you the magical music review for that symphony, the horror, the spookiness for your Halloween festivities. And we have Randy, who's giving you something for your sweet tooth here this week at the show. We have all kinds of magical memories, news hot off the D-wire, and all kinds of fun as we conclude our celebration. So before I jump into this week's show, we kick off the festivities. Diz Radio is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel, and Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have from dining reservations, character interactions, you name it. They're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. All right, all of you D-heads, it is the final week, our final Halloween celebration. So it's time to put on those costumes, go out trick-or-treating, get ready, and celebrate because you know what? Halloween is here, and come on, let's get some of our favorite candies. So let's officially kick off show number 197 for the week of October 26, 2017. <coughs> oh, goodness, I, oh, 
are you? Why, I'm Merlin, of course. <laughs> By my beard, you're all looking quite magical. I'd say it's time to trick or treat. is not yet done. I have been commanded by my lord Mickey to transport you to the party. Let it be so! Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? May I have your attention, please? Don't be alarmed, but there has been a sighting of the Headless Horseman here in the Magic Kingdom. If you see him, don't panic, remain calm, and don't lose your head. And now for kiddies everywhere, here's a tune from Walt Disney's production, Ichabod and Mr. Toad. This is also for the folks in Tarrytown, New York, who will be celebrating at the Washington Irving Festival there this week. The Headless Horseman and John Scott, let's make this real spooky and wait till I get over here. <laughs> now Man, that's pure spooky yeah. Now gather round while I elucidate On what happens outside when it gets late Long about midnight the ghosts and banshees Get together for their nightly jamborees there's ghosts with horns and saucer eyes And some with fangs about this size Some short and fat, some tall and thin And there's some don't even bother to wear their skin Oh, I'm telling you, brother Frightful sight See what goes on in the night When the spooks have a midnight jamboree They break it up with fiendish glee Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed, that's the headless horseman. He's the worst when he goes jogging across the land, holding his noggin in his hand. Demons take one look and groan and hit the road for 
parts unknown Cause there's no spook like a spook that's burned They don't like him and he's really burned He swears to the longest day he's dead He'll show them that he can get ahead Close all the windows, lock the doors Unless you're careful, he'll get yours Don't think he'll hesitate a bit Cause he'll clip your top if it'll fit Like some little, like some big Part in the middle or a Westmore wig Black or white or even red The headless horseman needs a head With a hip, hip and a clippity-clop He's out looking for a tattoo chop so don't stop to figure out a plan You can't reason with a headless man So after dark now you kids be good Better stay at home the way you should Cause right outside and waiting there Is the headless horseman Beware Man I'm getting out of here Hi, everybody. This is Derek Mears. You may have known me from such films as Predators, Friday the 13th, and Pirates of the Caribbean. And you're listening to Disney On Demand. And now, a Disney On Demand memory. Hi, D-Heads. This is Jamie. And Trisha. And we have a special guest with us this week. Hello, my name is Oliver, and I'm Trisha's son. So, Oliver, what did we do this weekend? We painted pumpkins! So that, that's our version of carving pumpkins, but it's a mom-friendly version because Dad's out of town, right? Yeah. <laughs> it actually is. It, where is he? He's in New Zealand. Oh, yeah, New Zealand. So, Oliver, what kind of pumpkins did we did we make? So, there were three of us. My cousin Allison, Mama, and me. Mama did a Cinderella's carriage pumpkin. I did a Darth Vader pumpkin. And Allison did a Jack Skellington pumpkin. And mine, kind of, I painted it black, and there was these implants that you put into it that made it look like Darth Vader. But since it's a pumpkin, my Darth Vader looked o- really overweight. So, like, so you know the shirts that say, come to the dark side, we have cupcakes? I think Darth Vader had too many of the cupcakes. So, yeah, I think he's really overweight. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the pictures. It looked like you guys had an awesome time. I would have loved to carve some pumpkins with you guys or paint them. Yeah, we did. So, what was your what was your favorite part, Oliver? Probably painting it. (laughs) So, Jamie, what's your pumpkin gonna be this year? Um. Well, first I'll have to go get a pumpkin, (laughs) and then I'll have to probably either paint or carve it. But maybe I'll make it look like Mr. Potato Head. I think that could be fun. Yes, but you probably should only do his head. Or you can make it look like the vampire one we talked about that they have in, um, in I think it was Tokyo Disney. Oh, that would be cute. Extra spooky with some fangs. Yeah. All right. That's all we are going to do for pumpkins this week. Thanks, D-Heads. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. 
Hey, D-heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand. Wow, it's dark in here. Wow, and now it's too bright. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney. Kari, Kari McKean. It's like Carrie only with a K instead of a C and an A instead of an E and only one R and an I instead of an I. It's Disney On Demand. Well, it started out like any normal sitting gig, you know, with the reassuring of the parent and all. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. I just wish I could forget. The whole thing. You will, kid. You will. All right, all of you D-heads, so I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for our final edition of our month-long 7th annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. That's right, after a full month of Halloween fun, festivities, celebrity guests, all kinds of spooky frights and tricks and treats... This is the final show for our month-long celebration. Fear not, we probably have Summerween coming sometime in mid-June, but this is it for this year, and it has been a fantastic romp for all of your D-heads. So it is a great show that we have planned. That's right, we have Wendy Worthington from Tower of Terror stopping in here very shortly. We have the D-team stopping in, all kinds of fun and frights for our final edition here for our 7th annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration. So before I jump into everything and start my ramblings here, first I want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash dizradioshow. That's D-I-Z radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group as well on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z radio, or Disney On Demand. All of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical, and this month, frightful kind of Disney show. And remember, if you want to stay connected instantly you can't wait you just need the magic the memories our celebrity guests the d-team in your ears right away all you have to do is go to itunes or stitcher radio and subscribe right there search disney blue Diz radio or disney on demand hit subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released right away on your iphone your android your tablet your ipad the device of your choosing you can subscribe and get the latest shows right away as they get released for you to enjoy and remember if you can't remember any of this all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com, and find all these links there as well. All right, all of you D-heads, so all month long, I've been doing something different. Yes, it is our 7th annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, but I have not given you news. That's right, this month has been a little bit different, a little more free form. I didn't give you the rundown of all the different news things, and this week is no different. To close out Halloween, I'm not giving you news. We're just going to have some fun things going on all show long. But first, I do got to mention... Our special guest here this week, yes, Wendy Worthington, the nanny from Disney's Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, the film, based on the attraction at the Walt Disney Parks. It was fantastic. This was, I guess I can't say it's an Academy Award winning film, but it is a fun family-friendly film. The kind of film you sit down, you watch with your children, and you just have fun with it. And we've already had Steve Gutenberg on in the past talking about this film. So he has been in our archives as well. We've had Mark Silverman on. And of course, this week, that's right, today, October 26th, is the anniversary of the Tower of Terror debuting on the Wonderful World of Disney. Yes, on the Wonderful World of Disney, October 26th, 1997, 
it seems like ages ago, but the 20th anniversary, yes, today is the 20th anniversary of Tower of Terror, the film, it debuted on television. We sat down, we watched it on TV, watched Kirsten Dunst, Steve Gutenberg uncover all the fun, the story, and all the spooks of the Tower of Terror. And how fitting that to celebrate the 20th anniversary, we have Wendy Worthington here with us. Fantastic way to celebrate this great Disney film, this family-friendly film that we all know from those days of the wonderful world of Disney. Things that I would love to come back to television every single Sunday. Now, since I've been going on here for some time, like I said, I'm not going to bring you news. A little more free form. I'm getting ready for Halloween. Yes, I dress up as well. My kids dress up. Yes, I'm going to have Harry Potter, Hermione, a Power Ranger, and of course, Elsa. So we're going to have some variety here, and I'm not sure what I'm going to do yet. Last year, I was a voodoo witch doctor, a la kind of a take of Dr. Facilier. I'm not sure what I'm going to do here this year, but let's get into something a little bit different. If it's one thing I love, it's vintage OTR. Now, some of you are wondering, what is OTR? Old time radio. Now, some of you, the D-heads that have been listening to the show for a long time, know that I love OTR, and I love great classic things like Bing Crosby. And of course, we kicked off this week's show with a great live rendition of Headless Man from Bing Crosby when he performed it live back in 1949. And of course on October 26th, again with an anniversary. That recording was from October 26th, 1949. It was fantastic. I love that rendering. And since we are talking about the Headless Horseman, why don't I just, instead of reading you spooky poems and things like that, let's just, nothing says Halloween more than great animated classics, and one of those is the Headless Horseman. Now, we all know the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. We also know Halloween is Grinch Night, the Halloween Tree, and of course, there's other films as well, like Hocus Pocus, Halloween Town, but the animated realm has some great ones that we all know. Raggedy Ann and Andy, and the uh, pumpkin that couldn't smile, Garfield's Halloween Adventure, some great animated classics. Now, one of those that we all know, like I said, the Headless Horseman and the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Now, this 1949 classic has some great facts about it that many of you may may not know. Now, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow is a great story. Everybody knows the Headless Horseman. It's fun. There's the Sleepy Hollow refreshment stand at the parks at the Magic Kingdom. So that right there tells you everybody loves Sleepy Hollow, even at the parks. But most people don't realize this was actually based on a true story. Yes, it is a true story of a, something that happened during the Revolutionary War, where a so-called soldier had his head blasted off from a cannonball. That's right, bam! He was blasted off from a cannonball right there on the battlefield. Now, it was told so far that his body was carried off the field, but his head was a lost cause. It was shattered, they didn't have time to go and grab it, uh, you know, whatever the case may be, but the other soldiers carried his body and buried him, and that pretty much his head was left behind. Now, this took place around Terrytown, New York, and to add to the superstition, Ichabod Crane was also a real-life person. Yes, he was a real-life inspiration for the Washington Irving tale. Now, Ichabod was an army man who met Washington Irving in New York in 1814, and he was also part of the Great War of 1812. Now, one can only guess that uh, how the schoolmaster was the inspiration for this. You know, basically, uh, Washington Irving thought he had a really cool name. Not so much being an army guy, because let's face it, in the story, he's a schoolmaster. But, you know, you gotta love the name Ichabod Crane, but he was the real-life inspiration for this character from Washington Irving. Now you can fast forward to 1946, and Walt Disney loved this tale. He wanted to make a full-length feature film 
I think that would have been awesome to see a full-length feature film around the Headless Horseman. They just couldn't make it happen. So many different things and elements the story wasn't flushing out. So instead, finally in 1949, The Legend of Sleepy Hollow finally came to fruition. Uh, The animators sat down, pretty much hashed out the story, the details. And this is one of those few films that all of Walt's Nine Old Men were part of it. That's right, all the original Nine Old Men were part of the adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad and the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Now this also marks one of my favorite guys, Bing Crosby. Many of you tuning in know that I love Bing Crosby, White Christmas, Holiday Inn, uh, a lot of the great Bob Hope and Bing Crosby films. This was the only time that Walt Disney and Bing Crosby collaborated. Yes, the one and only time. Never once again did they ever collaborate about anything else other than there was a time that Bing Crosby did sing a few Disney songs on an LP, but they have never collaborated with anything else ever again, with him appearing, doing voice work, or anything else. But it remains to be a staple. This film is an animated staple for everybody that loves Disney, Halloween. It's kind of like your first take into the spooky, the Halloween as a child. You love watching The Headless Horseman. And that song, The Headless Man, just is one of those songs that sticks with you forever and ever. Now, the Headless Man song that everybody knows from being Crosby singing, and of course, I just played a rendition of that. Most people don't realize, let's go to Tony the Tiger. Let's go to our spooky guy from the Haunted Mansion and Thurl Ravenscroft. We all know Thurl Ravenscroft if you are a Disney fan. Now, he was actually tapped to record the song originally before Bean Crosby ever signed the deal with Walt Disney to be part of The Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Thurl Ravenscroft recorded his rendition of this track. And last week here at the show on number 196, we played that take of the song. It is a fun, creepy, and of course has that deep, deep Thurl Ravenscroft voice to it as well. Now, this is just one of those great films that everybody loves. They had great things like The Legend of Sleepy Hollow LP, the story and songs, and a lot of things with that. But I'm not going to ramble your head off here. I'm not going to keep going on and on and on and on. But it was just a fun little tidbit I want to share with you. Being Halloween, Halloween in the wings, getting ready for trick-or-treating, and even one of our scouts at our scout meeting, yes, me mentioning before that I am a a scout leader, uh, we even had a headless horse costume at our last costume party for a pack meeting so definitely fun times so definitely check out this one the legend of sleepy hollow and might i say if you are looking for some animated classics disney or non-disney here is my rundown that i think you should watch garfield's halloween adventure raggedy ann and andy the pumpkin that couldn't smile the halloween tree by ray bradbury as well as halloween is grinch night the legend of sleepy hollow mickey's house of villains and many others. So these are just some of the animated features, and I could go on with a plethora of live-action ones, but if you are looking for something spooky, something for those older Disney fans out there, definitely check out Something Wicked This Way Comes, a 1983 Disney classic. So at this point, all of you D-heads, I'm going to release the reins back to the D-team. We have a fantastic show lined up, as I mentioned, the 20th anniversary of Tower of Terror, the film based around Disney's attraction, as we have Wendy Worthington stopping in here for that. We have the D-team stopping in with Aaron, Alexa, Dominic, Trisha, Jamie, Paige, Randy, all stopping in with some signature segments, Halloween fun, great things in the wing, as we are closing out our final installment of our 7th annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration, as all month long, now it is coming to a close, and it 
brings a tear to my eye. So before I let you go, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, prepare, and make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. From dining reservations, character interactions, you name it, they're going to hold your hand, walk you through the process, and treat you like family. They also have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers that you could possibly have. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all VD heads, with that said, it is time to continue on with our happy Halloweeshes, our trick-or-treating, our Halloween festivities. Grab a handful of candy corn and let's press on for show number 197, October 26, 2017, and let's make way for those Sanderson sisters. I may not be Max, but hopefully I gave them a glorious introduction. Thank you, Max, for that marvelous introduction. <laughs> I put a spell on you. And now you're mine. <laughs> you can't stop the things I do. I ain't lying. No! No! Oh, don't look at that! Been 300 years, right down to the day. Now the witch is back, and there's hell to pay. I on you. Good joke. Happy Halloween. Thanks a lot. No, man, I'm serious. You got to have me. You're kidding. this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance, of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Hollywood, 1939. Amid the glitz and the glitter of a bustling young movie town at the height of its golden age, the Hollywood Tower Hotel was a star in its own right, a beacon for the show business elite. Now, something is about to happen that will change all that.
on an evening very much like the one we have just witnessed. Tonight's story on the Twilight Zone is somewhat unique and calls for a different kind of introduction. This, as you may recognize, is a maintenance service elevator, still in operation, waiting for you. We invite you, if you dare, to step aboard because in tonight's episode, you are the star. And this elevator travels directly to the Twilight Zone. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. Well, Halloween's almost here, and I am excited. Got a special delivery from my sister this week, direct from Disneyland. She stood in the long lines and got me an Oogie Boogie popcorn bucket. If you guys haven't seen this, you definitely need to Google a picture of it. It is wicked cool. It is so awesome, and it glows in the dark. It's sitting here on my desk, and I just can't get enough of it. Thanks again, sis. Well, the virtual coffin is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. Our first question is from Jonathan Drew of Alabama, and he writes, Diz Radio? I know you might not get to this until after Halloween, since I'm late emailing in, but in Disney's Tower of Terror, the ride and the movie, was the movie a wonderful world of Disney film? Also, I know I have seen the little girl ghost from the film before somewhere, just not sure where. Have you ever had anyone on from the movie like Christine Dunst? And for the ride, is it a real Twilight Zone episode, or was it made up just for the ride at Disney? Well, Tower of Terror was released on October 26, 1997, and was originally a presentation of the wonderful world of Disney. It is also Disney's first film based on an attraction at one of its theme parks and the only adaptation to be made for television. Steve Gutenberg plays a reporter who is investigating the disappearance of five people in the Hollywood Tower Hotel on Halloween night. 1939. They were in an elevator heading to the Tip Top Club for a party when they all disappeared. The little girl ghost, also known as Sally Shine, was played by Lindsay Ridgway. You probably know her from her role as Morgan Matthews on Boy Meets World from 1996 to 2000. Our celebrity guest this week, Wendy Worthington, played Emmeline Partridge, and we had Steve Gutenberg on the show back on episode 150. As far as the ride itself, it was not based on any one episode, but is based on the spirit of the TV show. Mark Silverman did the voice of Rod Serling in the attraction, and he was our guest back on show 100. You can listen to all these past guests on our site, DizRadio.com in our podcast archives. Our next question is from Cheryl Granger of Houston, Texas, and she writes, Aaron, question about some Disney villains. There was a Disney villain back when I was a kid, and I think it was Disney, but can't find anything about it. It was a darker Disney movie, which is why I think it might not be Disney, but the villain was evil, like really evil, and sat on a throne. 
It was a man, I believe, and he was kind of like a skeleton. I know I'm not giving you a lot to go off of, but any thoughts? If anyone can answer it, it would be you. Thanks for helping me find this slice of my childhood. Well, I believe you're referring to the movie The Black Cauldron. Set in the mythical land of Paradine during the early Middle Ages, the film centers on the evil horned king who hopes to secure an ancient magical cauldron that will aid him in his desire to conquer the world. It was definitely a darker Disney movie, and it was the first Disney movie to get a PG rating. The Horned King was a great villain, and it was voiced by the great John Hurt. And back on episode 103, we had John Biner as our guest, who played Gurgi and Dolly in the movie. You can find him and many other great guests in our podcast archives on DizRadio.com. The Black Cauldron can be found to purchase or rent on Amazon. Well, our final question this week is from Gregory T. And he writes, Question for Diz Radio. Great podcast. and The lineup of guests has been amazing. I was going through some old Disney TV and everyone knows Disney's Halloween treat. But I saw one with Jonathan Winters. What was that? Can I find it to buy other than on YouTube? You guys are great. Well, you're talking about the show Halloween Hall of Fame, which was aired on the Wonderful World of Disney on October 30th, 1977. Jonathan Winter stars as a night watchman working late at Walt Disney Studios on Halloween night. He is accompanied by his dog, Peanuts. The night watchman, bitter about working on Halloween night, stumbles upon the prop room at the studio and begins acting out scenes with various props. Eventually, he finds a crystal ball containing a talking jack-o'-lantern, which is also played by Winters. Jack-o'-lantern is hiding out from Halloween because it's no longer scary like it was back in the olden days. The dialogue between the Night Watchman and the Jack-o'-lantern is interspersed with three Halloween-related Disney cartoons that Jack-o'-lantern shows the Night Watchman in his crystal ball, in which the audience gets to enjoy. After the cartoons, the Night Watchman provokes the Jack-o'-lantern to come out of hiding and go celebrate Halloween. Then Jack-o'-lantern uses his magic powers to switch places with the Night Watchman, he laughs and heads out into the night to mix with the trick-or-treaters. The three featured cartoons are Trick-or-Treat from 1952, Pluto's Judgment Day from 1935, and The Legend of Sleepy Hollow from 1946. Well, unfortunately, YouTube is the only place you can find to watch. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Welcome to the Villain Dance Mix and Mingle 
It's sure to be a frightfully fun evening. Not having fun would be a grave error indeed. <laughs> Party goers, and in such festive attire. How incredibly clever. <laughs> now, listen well. The time has come. The moment's here. The black of night draws ever near. Music, lights, a bit of fire. To shake the night is our desire. The howl of a wolf on this moonlit night calls to us with eerie delight. For your fears this hour mix and mingle in with my great power. We now begin! Of your darkest foes. They're frightful, yet delightful. Sure to liven up this show. <laughs> so, ghastly villains, enter now and bring to all a fight. 
It's time to bring this castle down and revel through the night! <laughs> All year long you get to have your fun, but October is here and now your fun is done. It's our turn to celebrate our way. We're gonna give it all we got on our holiday. This dance only comes around once in a year. For all our green ghoulish friends to appear, we're going to trick, not treat. Go from door to door. You're sure to see something never seen before. You better beware, you never know when a ghost will appear Out of the mist and the atmosphere Goblins and ghouls, skeletons and bats, monsters, fools Don't forget the black cats, you may think you have a very scary look But it doesn't measure up to the captain with the hook This is Mark Silverman, the voice of the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. And now, a Disney On Demand memory. Hey, D-Heads. I have a question for you. What type of favorite food do you like to enjoy during this type of month? Well, I like to enjoy even maybe November, kind of extend that. I love pumpkin pie, I love the pumpkin seeds, just baking that in the oven, mmm, yeah, just the smell of it, even just the wonderful pumpkin bread, and of course, the pumpkin spice, everything, <laughs> and even coffee, it's pretty good, I mean, it got me hooked, even that Starbucks, Panera Bread, Dunkin' Donuts, yeah, even Wawa, okay, for those who live in Florida and maybe up north, we have a gas station called Wawa, and their pumpkin spice coffee, it's really, really good, and yes, this is not sponsored by Wawa. I, w- <laughs> I wish, because their hoagies and their uh, mac and cheese is so yummy. But anyways, getting back to the topic here. Uh, that got me going. Now, what type of food would you like to enjoy this type of season? 
And one of my favorite seasons this year is the first time I made a peach cobbler dessert. It doesn't seem to be like a fall festive meal for this type of month, but it's it's warm, and it's and gooey and peaches. And sorry for those who are allergic to peaches, but this one was yeah so so good because I had apple cobbler before, but I was wondering this time around, what about if we can try peach and see how that turned around and. Let me guy. Let me tell you guys, it is so good, and it was very simple. We found it on、uh, Pinterest, and there was a, a recipe for peach cobbler. I was like, let's try it. This might be really good, and it only take about maybe half hour just to cook it up, and then let it cook for about ten to fifteen minutes, and serve with a nice、um, fresh scoop of vanilla ice cream on the side, a little drizzle of Hershey syrup. Yes, it has to be Hershey syrup. For those who lo- know me very well, <laughs> I love Hershey's chocolate. I mean, Hershey's syrup, the candy bar, Hershey almonds, just Hershey's chocolate nuggets. I mean, list goes on and on. I love enjoying that during this type of season too. Just put that in my coffee, in my pumpkin spice coffee, and just enjoy that nice chocolatey pumpkin spice flavor. Oh yeah, now now you're talking. So I showed it this year with my family, and it was a great hit. And they were like. We gotta have the recipe. This is so 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 good, and you know, I, I I'm it was a little shock since I don't like to bake as many desserts because I somehow screwed it up, <laughs> and I don't know. It's something about the oven, or I put too much of this, a little bit too much salt, and, and it's like、oh, there it goes. But the peach cobbler was definitely、um, it just came out perfect, and with the side of ice cream, vanilla. Uh, ice cream it was delicious. So again, that's one of my favorite new favorites. I'm going to be enjoying this、uh, holiday season and as well this fall festive month. What's your favorite? Is there any special desserts you'd like to enjoy this during this year, or maybe pumpkin spice flavor? Send me an email at randy at disradio.com. Again, it's r a n d y at d i z r a d i o dot c o m. Well, this is Randy signing out for this little holiday festive segment, and I hope to hear from you guys and maybe some fun desserts posted on Diz Radio's website and forums, so we can maybe all enjoy it as well. Until then, see you next time.
everyone, this is Alexa again coming at you with this week's episode of Disney Parks in 5. Starting off in Walt Disney World, rumor has it that the opening date for Toy Story Land in Disney's Hollywood Studios could possibly be May 25th, 2018, which is Memorial Day weekend. This is only a rumor as of now, but how cool is it that we are finally getting closer and closer to finally experiencing what it's like to be a toy in Andy's backyard? The ultimate in fine dining, Victoria and Albert's, located in Disney's Grand Floridian Hotel and Spa, allows guests to choose between a 7-course menu and a 10-course chef's tasting menu with optional wine tastings. The highly sought-after 10-seat chef's table, located in the restaurant's kitchen, grants diners a behind-the-scenes look at the Victoria and Albert's team crafting the evening dishes. Victoria and Albert's was voted the second best fine dining restaurant in America among TripAdvisor's 2017 Best Fine Dining Restaurants in their Traveler's Choice Awards. It is the only Florida restaurant to make this prestigious list. This is the second year that the fine dining restaurant has received the Five Diamond Award. How cool is that? Moving on to Disneyland, a new adventure is soon to be added to Star Tours attractions in both Hollywood Studios, so I guess this technically has to do with Disney World too, and Disneyland Park. The new adventure comes straight from the upcoming film, Star Wars The Last Jedi. It takes place on the planet of Crate. It is the white planet we see in the most recent trailer for the Star Wars film that has red underneath the white sandish material. The new segment will debut in both Hollywood Studios and Disneyland on November 17, 2017. So riders may get a little sneak peek at some scenes from the new movie, Star Wars The Last Jedi, before the premiere. Don't miss it. Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa is undergoing a grand transformation. In fact, it is the most extensive refurbishment since its 2001 opening. And while the finishing touches are still in the works, all guests who check into Disney's Grand Californian Hotel will be staying in their completely redesigned rooms and a refreshed lobby. For a limited time, guests can save up to 20% on premium rooms at the Disney's Grand Californian Hotel and Spa and 15% on premium rooms at the Disneyland Hotel most Saturday through Thursday nights between October 22nd and December 21st, 2017. You can book now through November 14th, 2017. So hurry, hurry, hurry. Well, D-Heads, this has been a little bit of a short news week, but be sure to catch me later with my Halloween D-Team memory. Thank you for listening to Disney Parks and 5 with me, Alexa. Let me know your thoughts and experiences on my social medias titled Disney Till You're Dizzy. You can find me on my YouTube channel, Disney Till You're Dizzy, and find my book on Amazon, Disney Till You're Dizzy 1001, Facts, Rumors, and Myths About the Disneyland Resort. Make sure to be on the lookout for my two new Walt Disney World books coming out in the next few months titled Disney Till You're Dizzy 1001, Facts, Rumors, and Myths About Walt Disney World, and Disney Till You're Dizzy 1001, More Facts, Rumors, and Myths About Walt Disney World. So Jonathan and I have had some technical difficulties with my Diz Radio email, but it is finally up and running. So you can email me your thoughts and questions about rumored new additions to the park, other rumors, rumors of removals of attractions, etc. at A-L-E-X-A, that's Alexa, at DizRadio.com. Always remember that there's a great, big, beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day, and tune in next time for more Disney Parks in 5.
Have you ever seen a haunted house? You know the kind I mean. That old dark house that's usually at the end of a dimly lit street. The owners haven't been seen for years. No one really knows why. The windows are broken and boarded, and the shutters hang loose on their hinges. The trees have grown wild. Their branches brush against the sides of the weathering house, making strange noises in the night. There's a high vine-covered fence around the property. Is it there to keep somebody out? Or is it there to keep something inside? It's a house that people avoid walking past at night. Strange sounds come from within the walls. And it's said that eerie lights have been seen both in the attic windows and in the graveyard at the side of the house. Our story revolves around this mysterious mansion. One old night not long ago, two teenagers were walking home from a date. The night was cool and lightning broke through the sky. The wind began to blow and the lightning cracked again. Thunder rolled across the heavens and changed this pleasant evening into a night to be remembered. Karen held Mike's hand tightly as they began to walk faster down that dark street. The lightning struck again and illuminated the front of the old mansion. It began to rain. Mike and Karen ran toward the old house, through the old iron gate, and onto the porch for protection. Protection? If only they had known... Who let the dogs out? Hello everyone, this is Dominic, and welcome to another edition of Disney Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, a short leash isn't a bridle used by the Headless Horseman. No, a short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacations when they're short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. It is Halloween, the season for scares and an overabundance of pumpkin spice. And sticking with that theme, the Halloween theme, not the pumpkin spice one, I am tempted to talk about the Disney rides that scared me as a little kid. There are certain places in the Magic Kingdom that I can still look back on and remember being scared of as a child. Why only the Magic Kingdom, you ask? Well, because I'm that damn old. When I went there as a kid, it was the only thing open. There wasn't an Epcot, an MGM slash Hollywood Studios, or an Animal Kingdom. Disney World, for people like me, was the Magic Kingdom. In the early 80s, when Epcot opened, people would say, the Magic Kingdom, and I had no idea what they were talking about. Disney World had the castle, and Epcot had a giant ball, eventually sponsored by Siemens. And I guess no one wanted to vet that one at a meeting, huh? Hey, if they're going to throw money at you for 10 years, I guess you can just chalk it up as synergy. Anyway, there are some things that I found scary as a kid that stuck with me even to this day, and let's start with the Country Bear Jamboree. This is THE attraction that apparently sucked me into a lifetime pursuit of Disney enjoyment. My mother tells a story of me in a stroller looking around for days with an unamused stick up my butt. Apparently I just didn't get it, be it sensory overload or me just being a miserable curmudgeon as a toddler. I just wasn't feeling it. And that was until the Country Bear Jamboree, where I'd been told I snapped out of my preschool emo misery and started to clap, laugh, and dance. So you might be thinking, well Dom, that's good for you, but I'm still missing out how the Country Bear Jamboree is scary. 
Hey, relax, I'm getting to that. Chill. Like Norman Bates would say, it was mother. I, like many kids of that era, was gifted a pair, even though we only have one head, of monogrammed Mickey ears. Despite the hat being steeler black with gold lettering, my Philadelphia board head did not reject them. Go Eagles. In the Country Bear Jamboree, there are mounted heads of various large game that throughout the show speak to you from beyond the grave like wildlife zombies. You have to pass close to them on the way out of the theater, and my mother told me to be careful that the buffalo doesn't eat my Mickey hat on the way out. You can't do that to kids. First off, I totally bought into the idea that this bison was real and somehow alive despite the fact that he is the disembodied head of a formerly endangered species. Second, he's moving around and talking as my own mother is telling me he's hungry and may take a chomp out of my hat while my head is still inside of it. So yes, I have no problem saying a decapitated robot buffalo scared me as a child. And you know what? If I saw a decapitated robot buffalo today in any other context, I'm pretty sure I'd be terrified just as much now. The next Disney child trauma I have to share on Dom's short leash Disney therapy session is Peter Pan's flight. Today, I only find the wait time terrifying, but back in the 1970s, the scene where Captain Hook's legs are trying to keep the crocodile's jaws from eating him stuck with me as a terrifying scenario that I've never ever considered before. Yes, Peter Pan's flight taught me that in certain situations, in certain places, our place as humans at the top of the food chain is not a guarantee, and our dominion over the animals ends with an ancient yet present-day dinosaur that just happens to enjoy living in exactly the same place we decided to vacation. Who created this character? Wes Craven? Clive Barker? The TikTok gives the lizard his own Jason Voorhees Jaws-like theme music before he goes in for the kill. Terrifying. You know what? It's time to take some power back. I'm going to Cabela's for a bison burger and croc boots after I record this. Vengeance is mine. Space Mountain held some terror for me, not because it was dark or a roller coaster, but mostly because of hype. For years I was too small to ride, and on my way to 44 inches, all I heard about is how dark and fast and intense it was. So the ride wasn't scary as much as the years and years of hype made me scared of it. But now the ride we've all been waiting for, the one like the Tower of Terror did years later, doesn't even bother to bury the lead. Yes, it's the Haunted Mansion. Not the Friendly Mansion, not the Safe and Non-Threatening Mansion, no, it's the Haunted Mansion. Some things that definitely stuck with me as scary as a child in this house of horrors are the stretching room. Not the hanging guy, that was always more puzzling to me. I know the Imagineers wanted me to jump at the sound and look up and be frightened at the horrible imagery of a dude hanging from the ceiling, but I kind of looked up there and wondered how he got up there in the first place. There's no ladder. Where'd the rope come from? It's a mess of plot holes. No, the fact that the room gets bigger is what freaked me out. The scary ghost host narration didn't help. The paintings that grew to reveal terrible fates. The wood paneling! Ah, it's terrifying. A little bit later, an invisible ghoul puts my lap bar down in my doom buggy. That's freaky, even though if I follow through with the intent, the ghost seems concerned for my safety. As a kid, I bought into the idea that a ghost put down my lap bar. And like anything that goes onto my lap, I felt a little uncomfortable. As an adult, now I'm just annoyed. Disney needs to standardize this lap bar thing. It's different on every ride. Is it automatic? Do I pull it down? Does a cast member get it for me? I can never tell, and I always guess wrong. Back to the mansion. A little further down the pike, I remember being afraid of the ghost trying to get out of the casket and the one pushing the door out from the middle. The graveyard's pop-up people got me every once in a while. Seeing a hitchhiking ghost sitting with me or sometimes on top of me wasn't that reassuring either. Was he there since the lot bar? Should I report this to an adult? 
But nothing, I mean nothing creeped me out more than that lit up little girl whispering Harry back over and over again as we motored to the exit. Ugh, still don't like her. But as a haunted mansion, it does its job well. It was as scary to me then as it is wondrous and entertaining to me now. And that, folks, may not be short leash, but it is some of my scary Halloween Disney memories. I hope you have a nice Halloween. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a high sum questions, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at Dominic at DizRadio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at DizRadio.com. I also can be found on the internet on Twitter at WDW Plantoons and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDW Plantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Ready to celebrate? Because when you're with me, it's not just Halloween, it's Halloween! Ready? Ready to rock it! A Disney On Demand memory. So, Trisha, did you know that there's a special tree in Disneyland dedicated to Ray Bradbury? I do because you have educated me, and I feel much smarter now. And (laughs) I actually had to read uh, Fahrenheit 451 for a class in college, so I was so excited when you shared this connection with me. Because we're both super cool book nerds. I thought you'd love it. (laughs) So, the the tree is called the Halloween tree, right? Yep. And what does it look like? Oh, it's huge. It's beautiful. And it's a sight to behold both day or night. And so at night, it's decorated with bright orange lights. And it's right on one of the corners of Main Street in uh, Disneyland. Uh, Close. It's actually in Frontierland, but it's right on that main strip. And when you look up at it, it's just beautiful. Hauntingly beautiful. And so Jamie took a picture of the plaque and what the plaque by the tree says on the night of Halloween 2007, this stately oak officially became the Halloween tree, 
realizing famed author Ray Bradbury's dream of having his symbol for the holiday become a part of Disneyland. Now, Ray Bradbury is steeped in Disneyland and Disney history. He was a good friend of Walt's, and I like to refer to him as the father of Spaceship Earth because he actually wrote one of the original scripts. And that is one of the things that's so neat about the different connections uh, Disney World has with so many people. You can find so many interesting connections for Disney World and Disneyland. And this famous author who, his book Fahrenheit 451 is actually about to become a new HBO movie in 2018. So we have our Halloween connection and there's a food connection. Jamie, what's the food connection? His favorite food was tomato soup. It's spooky. It's red. It's orange. It's delicious. And it can be found in Disneyland at Jolly Holiday Bakery and Cafe, and also in a sourdough bread bowl at La Brea Bakery. So there you go, D-Heads. Spooky segment from us over here at Magical Munchies, bringing you literature, food, a tree, and Ray Bradbury all in one spooky segment. Happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Halloween. The one night a year where nothing is as it seems. Where children are demons, houses are haunted, and even trees are terrifying. Written and narrated by master storyteller Ray Bradbury, featuring the voice talents of Leonard Nimoy. Shroud is the name. And from the gifted animators at Hanna-Barbera comes the tale of five ordinary kids and the extraordinary night they all became best friends. On this eve of tricks and treats. Where's Pip? Of goblins and ghosts. We can't start Halloween without Pip. It wouldn't be official. Of witches and wonder. He's never been late for Halloween in a million zillion years. Came a moment they'd all remember. Something's wrong, awfully wrong. An adventure they'll never forget. And so begins the most mystical, magical, musical, and educational night of their young lives as they travel through space, across time, and around the world to save their friend while unraveling the mystery and the history of Halloween from the pyramids of Egypt to the broom yards of medieval England Bet you it's no different than riding your bike. My bike, like my bike. Hey, you're right! From French quarry works. Where are you, Pip? Ralph, Polly, here! To Mexican boneyards. Mexican Halloweens are sure better than ours. They explore the magic of Halloween <laughs> and discover the meaning of friendship. Pipkin, he must be around here someplace. I'm trapped. This truly has been fun, hasn't it? For every generation, for every imagination, the Halloween tree is destined to become a family classic, as ageless as an oak tree, as timeless as Halloween itself. And that, children, is Halloween, all rolled up in one. Four thousand years ago, one hundred years, or this year, one place or another, the celebrations are all the same. El Dia de los Muertos. Day of the Dead. Feast of Ghosts. All Hallows Eve. Halloween! The Halloween Tree. Coming this fall from Hanna-Barbera. Trick or treat. Hello, kitties. It's me, John Kassir. 
the voice of the Crypt Keeper, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. <laughs> Lights, camera, action. It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Diz Radio and the Diz Radio Show. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories, whether that's television, movies, Broadway, and so much more, somebody that has been part of all of those things and so much more has played a part in many of your lives, whether that was television shows, being on Broadway, and all kinds of fun things. We have none other than Wendy Worthington. You know her from Tower of Terror, Allie McBeal, Ghost Whisperer, as well as being part of Wicked and so much more. Welcome to Diz Radio. Uh, it's a pleasure to be with you. It is our pleasure having you on. Your resume continues to impress. So many projects and television and so many different things that you've been part of. Now, the one thing that I love to start off with, and of course, your story is a great one with how you got your SAG card and so much more. I guess, how did you get started in wanting to become an actress and follow this as a lifelong career? <laughs> well, actually, it was because ninth grade was horrible. <laughs> uh, I had wanted to be uh, a. I actually wanted to be a uh, an interior designer, and I decided that uh, in ninth grade I found out that I really was bad at math. <laughs> I kind of needed to, needed to do math, <laughs> and so I had a I had a miserable year. Um, and at the end of that, I discovered student filmmaking as a summer uh, enrichment um, course and thought that I wanted to be a writer-director. And um, I, and then around 11th grade, thought, well, I should find out what acting is like. So I auditioned for my high school musical. And the first time I walked out on stage, thought, this is fun. And, uh, <laughs> well, maybe I'll do this. <laughs> so that kind of got me hooked. As does a lot of people. Well, and like you said, it's one of those things where you got hooked. You, you know, you. It's become a fruitful for career career for you as well. And you know, many people, you know, that are fans of the show, they love their Disney projects. And of course, I got to jump into it right away with the one that everybody loves. You know, October spookiness, so many different things. Uh, I guess with that. Tower of Terror and being part of that film. Now, that film, of course, was based on the Disney attraction and has gone on to be this great, fun family film. How did you get attached to that project, and were you a fan of the attraction? Well, the attraction uh, was only in Florida, and I hadn't been to it. Um, it wasn't here out in Los Angeles then, um, and so I didn't really know much about it. I think, I might be wrong, but I think this might have been the first Disney movie that was ever based on a ride. 
Um, and it was part of when Disney was reviving the wonderful world of color, uh, which I remember from, from being a little girl of, uh, of watching all of those, those wonderful, uh, Disney movies. Um, and then they had revived all of this and, uh, Tower of Terror was one of the very first that was part of all of that. Um, and so I got an audition. Um, my agent sent me to this audition and I didn't know that there was this little story around the ride, uh, that there was a little short movie that was part of the, the whole ride and so forth, and that they uh, were looking for someone who looked somewhat like the uh, character that was in the movie already. Um, I didn't know I was going to have to have to physically match her. <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, uh, I got the part and um, learned a little bit more about the whole project. And uh, the, the thing was that in the movie, in the ride, she doesn't speak. Uh, so I worked with the director, and we tried different accents um, to see what, what might be fun for her. We decided that she, she shouldn't be a German, because that would be a little bit too weird. Um, <laughs> and we ultimately, we ultimately settled on her being Irish, which was quite fun. Uh, so, so I get to be an Irish, uh, Irish nanny, who seems to be evil for a good deal of the, of the film, and then, of course, turns out not to be. Now, spoiler alert, I hope that's not. <laughs> um, and that project uh, was one of the earlier ones that I did when I got to Los Angeles, and it was so much fun to do. I mean, I had had just the greatest time being an, an evil ghost, and um, we shot all over the place. We shot, um, we shot some scenes in the basement of the old Ambassador Hotel, which was where um, Bobby Kennedy was shot. And um, I did. I missed the guided tour. There, a little group went exploring to um, to go see if they could find ghosts, and I I missed that. I, I I don't know where I was when when they were doing it. They came all. They all came back and said, "We think we saw something." I said, "Sorry, I missed it." <laughs> but uh, but that project has has turned out to be. I I you wouldn't believe the number of people who recognized me from that. It's so much fun, and it actually happened. Just a couple of weeks ago, three different times in a week, the guy who was bagging my groceries at the grocery store said, are you an actor? And I said, yes. He said, were you a Tower of Terror? And I said, yes. He said, I love that movie. (laughs) And then uh, the barista at the uh, Starbucks recognized me like two days later. And then somebody else somewhere did. It was was like, it must be on again. Well, and like you said, that's like one of those films where, you know, people grew up with it. And, you know, at this time, they people have passed it down. They show their children. I mean, I show my children that film and they love it. Now, with that, and you know, being part of this family-friendly thing, that's where it kind of opens up all these doors for you, too, because it isn't just a niche market or just adults. I guess with that, do you ever come across any of these fans that just... They recall the biggest thing of, you know, this movie, I loved it. I sat down, I watched with my family. Do you get any of those kind of fans? Well, you know, I did an episode of, um, I don't know if you remember, uh, a number of years ago, um, I actually actually was supposed to do the audition on 9-11. But um, Reba McIntyre used to have a, 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 a sitcom called Reba that is still rerun. And when I did that episode, all of the actors who played her children, including the adults' children on it, all of them were Tower of Terror fans. They, they were all like, oh, it's so exciting having you here. 
it was very funny. Um, I've, I've been, I've always been surprised at the people who, who just love that movie. Well, you know, and with that too, you know, because it does get shown over and over again, of course, and of, of course, during the Halloween season and things like that. Now, I guess with that, when it is on TV, do you sit back and do you kind of, do you stop and watch it or do you self critique a little too much? You know, I actually haven't seen it in a long time. The last time I, I saw pieces of it was one time when I was, you know, the actors have reels. We have we have little short, um, uh, little clips of, of of things that we've done. And for a while, I had a couple of scenes from from that on my reel. And the last time I saw it, and it was when I was sitting down with my editor and then pulling up some pieces of it. Uh, so it's been a long time since I've seen it. I should I should get it out and watch it again. Um, but I <laughs> no, I haven't I haven't seen it in a while. <laughs> I don't well, I don't really know, like to watch myself. <laughs> I think that's common for most actors and actresses. And, you know, with that, too, though, being part of this Disney film, if it's one thing that the Disney fans are notorious for, it's things get passed on. So out of your entire body of work, no matter what, a Disney movie will always linger on forever. How does it feel knowing that you're going to be part of this this piece that will continue to be passed down? You know, 20 years from now, people are going to go back and watch Tower of Terror again. <laughs> I love it. It's it's it's. It's quite an honor, actually. I'm, I'm, I was so delighted to be part of that, that whole project. As I said, it was so much fun to film and we were, we, we got to go to a lot of different interesting locations around Los Angeles to shoot it. And, uh, it was just, it was, it was just a delightful experience. So much fun. Now, you know, you've been part of a lot of other things as well, too. You know, Allie McBeal. Of course, you were the murderous lunch lady on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Ghost Whisperer. Uh, you know, with a lot of these, you tend to be part of some some creepy and spooky things. Do you love doing that kind of genre? Um, I, I like the variety. I, I love the fact that I get to do all different kinds of things. Um, I play, for instance, I've played a lot of lunch ladies, and not all of them have been murderous ones who put rat poison in the, in the mulligan stew. Um, I've, I've played some, I've, I've played a, um, uh, a, a lovely lunch lady on an episode of, um, uh, even Stevens, uh, a, a lunch lady who was known as Foodzilla, um, who was just a misunderstood, um, uh, wannabe yodeler. And, uh, <laughs> and, and they gave her a, uh, a makeover and, uh, and, and ended up, uh, hooking her up with the, uh, school janitor. Uh, <laughs> So I got to be I got to be the romantic uh, uh, beauty in that one by the end of the episode. Um, I, I used to have a I used to have a reel that was just lunch ladies, um, all the, because I got to play so many different kinds of cafeteria ladies, so many different kinds of women in hairnet. Well, you know, and playing a lot of these roles too, that really opens up the doors for you because you know over the years you've been able to be on so many different shows. I guess how does it feel when you walk into a set because you know playing these kinds of roles where you're the you're the guest star that week or whatnot. You get to come across and work with a variety of different actors and actresses. Was there ever any one show or one film where you were just so excited to be there? I have had the glorious privilege of actually working with Tom Hanks a number of times. And he is one of the nicest, most wonderful people in the world. And I actually got my Screen Actors Guild um, union card working on the movie Philadelphia with him. Uh, I ended up on the cutting room floor of it. Uh, but then a number of years later, I did the movie Castaway with him, and he remembered his lines 
from the scene that we did that isn't in the movie anymore, which oh, wow. I think is amazing, amazing. He was, and he's just one of the nicest people. He's so he's so generous and and lovely and just such a, a great human being. I really enjoyed working with him. <laughs> Well, and it's one of those things where you're glad to hear that, you know, coming across somebody that they live up to, I guess, the image that everyone hopes they do. Yeah. So he, would, I, I, he directed me and he he was another person who, who just totally lived up to his reputation. He was just wonderful and very, uh, very easygoing and uh, a lot of fun. And that, that was great because I was playing a very nasty character in the movie Changeling with Angelina Jolie. And uh, I got to be so mean to her. <laughs> but the set was lovely. <laughs> now, you've been part of a lot of different things from television, films, whatnot. And of course, you know, even being part of Wicked, you know, being on stage and whatnot. How different is it being on stage as opposed to going onto a set? And, you know, it, 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 does it to completely throw you off, uh, you know, because it is that different kind of, you know, th- I guess, thriving audience right there watching your every move? Well, I have done a lot of theater. That's how I got started, obviously. Um, but, uh, uh, one of the things that I just love about being an actor is I get to do a lot of different things. There, there never is anything is never, the, nothing is ever the same. And, um, I did, I had the glorious privilege of playing Madame Marvel on the national tour of Wicked. I was on the road for 15 months, traveled all over the country. I performed for about 1.3 million people. Um, and I did the same show, 509 performances. And honestly, it was never the same. Each night was new. Each night was different. Each night was was a, a brand new experience and loads of fun. And um, there's nothing like performing for an audience. There's it's, there's just nothing like it. And that show is so wonderful. It's such a such an extravagant production. And it was it was a privilege to be part of it because um, I would have a, as I traveled around the country, I got to see a lot of friends because I know people all over the place. And I had a lot of people who came to the show because I was in it. I'd never seen it before and were were really surprised at how much they loved it. Um, I was just, it, I was very proud to be part of part of that production it was a fantastic production too because you know i took my daughter to go see that you know about a year and a half ago so we probably caught you in one of those tourings that broadway production has been this overwhelming like you said it catches people off guard at how wonderful it is no matter you know the story or you don't know the story it's just one of those genuine like fun good times that you know harkens back to those classic days of broadway they create incredible costumes incredible music this great spectacle and the company that I worked with was the most terrific group of people. I miss them so much. I've actually visited them again, and I'm going to see them again. I'm going. I'm flying to Florida um, to Fort Lauderdale in February uh, for the wedding of two of the people in the company um, <laughs> who met doing the show, and so I'm going to go down there and watch them get married. <laughs> Well, you know, you've been part of so many different things, as I mentioned, you know, from Ally McBeal, Tower of Terror, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Ghost Whisperer, So Little Time, Philadelphia. I mean, the list goes on and on, I guess, for all of your fans, people who recognize you and everything you've been, because no matter what, you know, you change the channel. I swear we're always seeing you everywhere. Is there anything new that you have up up and coming that you can talk about? Or is it more of a we're just going to have to keep our eyes peeled? You're just going to have to keep your eyes peeled. I, uh. I I continue to do little bits on Jimmy Kimmel Live from time to time. Um, I did one of 
one recently, but I'm not sure when it was on. I'm about to do a little bit in a, in a small movie. Um, I, I just did a, a, a movie recently where I played Bo Bridges' assistant. He plays a, uh, sort of a Lorne, Lorne uh, Michaels kind of character, and, and I'm his, um, his very efficient and not very happy to be their assistant. And, uh, <laughs> that was, that was a lot of fun. And, um, I just, I, I, hopefully I will just keep working and working and working. It's, uh, I never know. One of the things that I like to say about my business is, um, I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I think I do, but I could be wrong. And the thing I really hate about my business is I don't know what I'm doing tomorrow. I think I do, but I could be wrong. <laughs> it's always a new day. Definitely. Well, you know, for all of your fans out there, people who have grown up watching you, people who love Tower of Terror and pass it down to their families, my kids are, you know, watching you in Tower of Terror, you know, all month long as well. So I guess with that, for all of your fans, fans of Wendy, people whose lives you've touched, people you've worked with, anybody listening in, is there any final words you'd like to leave out there? Uh, you know, for them that are tuning in. Thank you so much for watching, and I hope there's lots more for fun things for you to see and 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 experience. That's that's the fun of it all. Well, thank you once again, Wendy, for taking this time, stopping in, chatting with us, taking a trip down memory lane, and of course, all the memories, all the roles you've played, and uh, all the ones that I know that uh, remain to be memorable. So, thank you once again for uh, stopping in. Thank you, Jonathan. A Disney On Demand memory. Hey D-Heads, Alexa here. This last weekend, I went to Disneyland, of course. Oh, the Halloween decorations are seriously just magical. Magical, especially at Disney's California Adventure this year. Boogie Boogie is on top of the entrance, totally dominating the entire scene. And you hear his voice, and he is totally leading the whole Halloween celebration this year. If you're walking through the entrance at nighttime, then you walk through and you see all the shimmering purple and green lights on the trees. And there's a swarm of bats flying out of Carthay Circle. To the left, on Buena Vista Street, there's the Headless Horseman statue who is 10 feet tall. The costume part is really cool because the horse, the horse statue part is metal, but the costume for the Headless Horseman it actually looks like it's a real costume. It doesn't look like it's a statue, so it looks like it's a real person without a head, which is super cool. Head is smoking, and his horse's eyes are lighting up. Oh, it's so cool. And Mickey and Minnie and Donald and Daisy and Goofy, they're all in their Halloween costumes. I met Pluto this last week, and he was in a vampire costume. 
At nighttime, Guardians of the Galaxy turns into Guardians of the Galaxy Monsters After Dark. It picks up right after Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. The Guardians have successfully escaped, but they have accidentally left Groot behind. So you have to help Rocket and distract the creatures that have been released so he can find and rescue his little buddy. To distract the monsters. Oh, and they have an original song. It's super cool. The, the line is really cool because they have um, a different segment for the, for the little TV show that you watch. And Rocket is, the Rocket animatronic has different dialogue and different movements. Oh, it's so cool. And then Cars Land is totally decked out, totally decked out in Halloween decorations. All cars themed. The cozy cones turned into pumpkins. Flo's Cafe turns into a spider web. And we cannot forget the traditional, well, I guess not traditional. It's traditional in the sense that it's annual. I guess it happens every year. The transformation from the Haunted Mansion to the Nightmare Before Christmas. And it is so cool. Last year, they just added Sally, the animatronic. Definitely a holiday favorite for everyone around. And it's something that only the people that go to Disneyland during Halloween time get to experience. Thank you for listening to my D-Team memory. (laughs) Here it is. It don't look like there's a Halloween party in there, though. Come on. Let's go check it out. I'm not going in there. No, me neither. I'll go. Be back in a minute.
Said the girl who knows no fear. Until one Halloween. What is that? A lifetime of fears. Where are the hunter? Was unleashed. What's happening? Bad lady's immortal and wants to destroy your parents and possess your soul for all eternity. But hey. Now she must face the truth. My parents are monster hunters. They're here. And find her destiny. Monster hunters in your blood. Heart's racing. My palms are sweating. My stomach feels funny. That's fear. I get that like every day. You need some firepower. Holy paintball. Definitely this. And this. Take this too. This wouldn't hurt. The Disney Channel original movie. It'll be perfectly safe. <laughs> Starring Olivia Holt. Did you lose a couple of parents? Where are we? Introducing Luke Benward. You can do this. You're a monster hunter. You scare the monsters. Not the other way around. This monstober. You guys distract the Yamada. I need some time. It's fright. Come ah! on, Dad. Versus fight. Good. All of our friends are here. Versus evil. These things are real. They sure are. There's too many of them. You can do it. I'm no ordinary monster. Don't be afraid. I'm not afraid. Let my parents go. Girl vs. Monster, the Disney Channel original movie, premieres this Monstober on Disney Channel. This is Oz Scott, director of Mr. Boogity, Bride of Boogity, Cheetah Girls, on and on and on, coming to you on Disney On Demand. Hi everyone, this is Trisha. And Jamie. And welcome to Magical Munchies, the segment on Dis Radio that leaves you hungry for something spooky, but without the added crunch of something creepy and crawly. So speaking of creepy and crawly and spookiness, this week's guest knows a lot about terrifying heights and all things wicked. So we just want to say a quick thank you to Wendy Worthington. And Wendy got us thinking of Tower of Terror and spooky things at the parks. And of course, because we're us, we then led to thinking about food. So D-Heads, we've got something delicious you can sink your fangs into. That's right, Trisha. This week's episode is all about gigantic tasty treats, those Disney candy apples. Jamie, did you know that not only can you eat your apples, but you can wear them too? You know I love to wear Disney treats when I'm too stuffed from eating them. Well, so, these yeah. <laughs> well, these wearable apples debuted as part of a 2015 cast member Hidden Mickey set, and they look just as cute as their edible counterparts. So if you're hungry to trade for one of these foodie pins, keep your eyes peeled, haha, <laughs> apples, for Sorcerer <laughs> Mickey, Olaf, Minnie, Rainbow, Cheshire Cat, Maleficent, and Goofy, all in the shape of candy apples. And oh my, these are so cute. You can actually see pictures of them on the Disney Parks blog. 
And I was so super excited to get the Maleficent pin in a blind bag. They're so cool. And you know what? She may be rotten to the core, but her pin sure isn't. So shall I start us off with where you can buy one of these ghoul-worthy apples? Yes, because just talking about the pins made me want to eat the real deal. Well, if you're like me and you've worked up an appetite shopping in Disney Springs, I suggest hitting up the Candy Cauldron. I spied the green version of the poison apple when I was there earlier this month. And they uh, also, there's been sightings of cute Mickey apples that look like he's dressed up like a little ghost for Halloween. So those are pretty cool too. And he has the little like chocolate face on the ghost, if I remember. They, yes, they yes. Is so cute. Okay, so my stomach is taking me to none other than Main Street Confectionery. Did you know that they recently started selling the apples prepackaged so you don't even have to wait in line when you need your apple fix? You can just hop in, bypass the line at the back counter, pick one up, and check out. It's also a great place to watch these treats get get made. And it's always so satisfying to watch them dust them with festive sugary goodness like they do with the orange sprinkles for the Mickey jack-o'-lanterns. Oh, I love that. It's so cool to watch them just sprinkle them on and sprinkle them on and turn it and sprinkle them on. <laughs> but uh, Big Top Treats is another place to get your furry little paws on them if you're staying in Magic Kingdom. Or you can hop on your broom and head over to Hollywood Studios and check them out at Sweet Spells. Yes, Sweet Spells. Love that. And if you've got your dancing shoes on, be sure to monster mash your way over to Zuri Sweet Shop in Animal Kingdom to continue your hunt for, bra- I mean, candy apples. Mmm, brains. <laughs> so speaking of brains, there's uh, Sugar Skull-inspired apples, and they've been spotted in Disneyland just in time for Dia de los Muertos and Coco. I can't wait to see it. So excited for Coco. And they're extra festive with sprinkles and fun candy accessories. So be sure to pop into the Candy Palace and Candy Kitchen to see what else they have to offer. Trolley Treats is another great place for all of our West Coast D-heads. You can cast your own spell when you bite into a Maleficent apple. Or see if you have some frightful friends join in for a rousing rendition of, what's this, when you get your very own Jack Skellington apple. If you buy a couple to share, they may even hail you as their new Pumpkin King. Ah, what's this? What's this? We watched that this weekend. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you lovely goblins and ghouls, we hoped you liked them apples. And we'd love to hear from you. Head over to my Facebook at author Trisha Dobb, and it's D-A-A-B, where I'll be posting some pics of how we do Disney Halloween in our house, and we have some really cute pumpkins to, to check out. You can comment or share your own pics as well. I will also have a whole chapter devoted to candy apples in my new book, Tasting the Magic from A to Z, the best food and beverages at Walt Disney World. Just contact me on Facebook or on Instagram at notsoevil underscore Disney Stepmom for details. And you can find me, Jamie, on Instagram at Lilo underscore the Lost Princess. So thank you, all of you wonderful spooky and ghoulish D-heads for joining us again. And don't forget to try everything. Happy Halloween! Happy Halloween! Oh, I'm a wolf man. Now hear my song. Join my friends for fun that never ends and you can howl along. So come with us. We're on the prowl. We're all furry and we're in a hurry to really howl. Here's the deal, now here's the scoop. Come and join our werewolf group. Brush your fangs and comb your face. We're gonna bark and howl all over the place. Like a werewolf.
Disney On Demand Memory. Hey, D-Heads. This is Aaron, and I wanted to share with you some of my favorite witches. Of course, I grew up watching reruns of Bewitched, but my favorite witch as a child was Witch Hazel from the Bugs Bunny cartoons. Cool fact about this character? The animator, Chuck Jones, got the idea from the good-natured witch that squares off with Donald Duck in the Disney cartoon Trick or Treat released in 1952. Well, my favorite episode with Witch Hazel was called Bewitched Bunny, which is a retelling of the Hansel and Gretel fairy tale. Her laugh and the flying bobby pins whenever she took off always cracked me up. But my favorite current witch is Regina, aka the Evil Queen from Once Upon a Time. I just love this portrayal of the Evil Queen. It's definitely my favorite. Her evil smirk and that look she gets in her eye, it's just awesome. No one else could have pulled off the role like she does. And that D-Heads is a couple of my favorite witches. And remember, don't light any black flame candles. Hey there, D-Heads. Kate with our not-so-scary Halloween magical music review. The big day is upon us, and I've been wondering on how we can celebrate the holiday this year. I've been adding to my Halloween movie viewings list this year, though I have held up on a few of Jonathan's favorites. Hey, you all know I don't do horror. And I came across a film with the great Vincent Price. Well known for his work in horror films, there is a villain that he brought to life that's not always remembered, and he belongs to the Disney family. So along with a certain rat, I mean mouse, which we'll get to later, I've decided to dust off some charts in the villain section of my Disney music library that aren't always well remembered. I've pulled between often forgotten villains, a forgotten villain song, and two of Disney's newer villains thanks to the shows on Disney Junior. We're clip showing it like we did our last Halloween together, so let's waste no more time. On with the music. A jealous, wicked fairy, Miss Nettle has nothing good to offer Sophia and the rest of Enchantia. Voiced by Megan Mullally, the character returned to the scene in Season 2 disguised as Sasha the Sorceress to steal the Amulet of Avalor. And no villain appearance can go without a catchy tune. 
All You Desire has a dance feel to the melody, made up primarily of trumpets, low brass, piano, and percussion. Miss Malelli gives Sasha a seductive, charming voice, drawing trust from the royal family by bestowing them with grand gifts, while keeping Miss Nettle's voice in the head range giving it a nasally quality. This trickster is smart, and a wicked singer. about characters that are hit or miss on the villains list, did you know that The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh has villains? They may only be figments of the imagination, but that doesn't make them any less real to Pooh and his friends. Heffalumps and Woozles was written by the Sherman Brothers and sung by the Mellomen in 1977. Whimsical and bouncy in the tune, the song uses a variety of instruments to represent the different scenes of Pooh's nightmares as these creatures try to steal his honey. They're insincere. Beware, beware, be a very wary bear. A heffalump or woozle is very confusal. The heffalump or woozle's very sly. Sly. They come in ones and twosles, but if they so choosles, before your eyes you'll see them multiply. Plum, They're extraordinary, so better be wary, because they come in every shape and size. If honey's what you covet, you'll find that they love it, because they guzzle up the thing you prize. They're green, they're blue, they're pink, they're white, they're round, they're square, they're a terrible sight. They tie themselves in horrible knots. They come in stripes. polka dots. Beware, 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 beware. While the Lion Guard introduced new friends to our original cast of the Pride Lands, the Outlands introduced a complete cast of new villains, including Janja, Cheesy, and Chungu, the Hyenas, and Mazingo, the Vulture. And what better way for us to really meet Janja and the crew than with a brand new song? Tonight We Strike was written by Christopher Willis and Bo Black, with Andrew Cascino taking the lead on the vocals as Janja. The Hyenas and Vultures sing of their distaste of the rules of the Pride Lands and their newly formed Lion Guard, backed by a strong, dark sound in the instrumentation for the presence of low brass, percussion, and trumpets. Anyone outside the Pride Lands, the circle of life is for fools. We go where we want when we want to, and we eat as we eat as we please. That Kion can't give us a curfew or tell us to stay in the trees. from home. We'll make them all feel unsteady. We'll give them cause for alarm. Yeah! Tonight we strike, tonight we strike. No one sits on the tide is right. The circle of life's gonna feel our fight. Tonight we strike, tonight we strike. <laughs> all right, fellas, bring it in. Can 
continuing on with our theme of villains that aren't often remembered, we journey back to 1941 and head to the circus with Dumbo and the song Pink Elephants on Parade. Following a rather unfortunate drink of water, Dumbo and Timothy start seeing some strange-looking figures in the bubbles. Pink pachyderms that give them one heck of a nightmare. Performed by Mel Blanc, Thurl Ravenscroft, and the Sportsmen, and written by Oliver Wallace and Ned Washington, this unforgettably spooky Disney song reminds listeners to look out, because there's pink elephants everywhere. What'll I do? What'll I do? What an unusual view! I can stand the sight of worms and look at microscopic germs, but technicolor pachyderms is really too much for me. <laughs> I am not the type to faint when things are odd or things are quaint, but seeing things you know that ain't can certainly give you an awful fright. What a sight! Chase them away! Chase them away! I'm afraid! Need your eight big elephants on parade! Pink elephants! Pink elephants! characters were introduced to the story with Pocahontas 2 Journey to a New World, the villain remained the same, with Governor Ratcliffe voiced by Disney veteran David Ogden Stiers returning once again. As opposed to his song Mind, Mind, Mind from the first film, which has lightened the melody and shared with other settlers and John Smith, Things Are Not What They Appear is much darker and more mysterious, including a few voices from the jesters Ratcliffe has hired to cause trouble at the Hunt Ball. With lyrics written by Marty Panzer, it allows the audience to get a more villainous song from Ratcliffe as he manipulates the king and his guests, claiming that nothing is as it seems, and ultimately turning the room against Pocahontas. But what is real will be revealed, I can feel the moments near. Things are never what they seem, that will be this evening's theme. Abusing sights for your delight, perhaps a few to make you scream. You'll be surprised to see whose disguise is the cleverest one of the lot. After our show, the whole world will know who's pretending to be what they're not. Even jesters grin or a dancer's spin should be pleasing. Please say yay! Yay! If a juggler's feat should be incomplete, he's the one to greet with nay! If the fools we see look like you and me, then before the night goes by, ask why, 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 why? Our final clip comes from the 1986 animated classic The Great Mouse Detective. Professor Radigan, voiced by Vincent Price, is a prime example of a wicked villain who is oftentimes forgotten in the lineup of great Disney villains. Brilliant and wicked, Radigan and his admirers sing of Radigan's fine qualities and villainy in The World's Greatest Criminal Mind. Written by Henry Mancini in his first animated feature film debut, the song is one of praise for our vain professor as his goons sing of his dastardly crimes in great admiration. The head that made headlines in every newspaper and wondrous things like the tower bridge job, the cunning display that made Londoners sob. Now comes the real tour de force, tricky and wicked of course. My earlier crimes were fine for their times, but now that I'm at it again. And even greater 
river. Blood has been simmering in my great criminal brain. Even meaner, you mean it. Worse than the widows and orphans you drowned. You're the best of the worst around. Orion, Orion. And with that, my time is up for the week. Thanks for enjoying our month-long, not-so-scary Halloween celebration with us here at Diz Radio. If you enjoyed it even half as much as we did, we enjoyed it twice as much as you. Make sure to find our official Facebook page, connect with us on the D-Wire, and send any comments, suggestions, or questions along to the D-Team and myself at our official show emails. Go out and have a fantastically spooky, fun, and safe Halloween, D-Heads. Don't light any black flame candles, and until next time... See ya! Oh, when ghosts and goblins by the score, ring your bell or pound your door. Better not be stingy or your nightmares will come true. Welcome, foolish mortals, to Disney On Demand's annual not-so-scary month-long celebration. Get your costumes on, bags in hand, and trick-or-treat. All right, all of you D-heads, so I am back. I hope you enjoyed our seventh annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration all month long, bringing you Halloween fun, tidbits, and all kinds of great things. I want to extend a very special thank you once again to Wendy Worthington for stopping in, chatting with us, making those memories, and of course, catch her in Tower of Terror this weekend as you have to watch it. It's the anniversary weekend of that Disney attraction film, so definitely check it out, and of course, thank you, Wendy, once again for stopping in. I'd also like to thank the D-team. No show would be complete without that D-team team and i'd like to extend that thank you to aaron alexa dominic jamie trisha Paige and Randy all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without the D-Team, there'd be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out, so remember to connect up with the D-Team, spread the D-Love, and contact them directly on our official website at DizRadio.com. You can go to the D-Team page and contact them right there. And finally, most of all, thank you, the D-Heads. Without you, there would be no show. You are the reason we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney. For the last seven years, almost 200 shows, you are the reason we keep the magic going. You're the reason that we come back at you every single week, and you're the reason we've had this Halloween celebration. So thank you, the D-Heads, for stopping in and continuing to help this show grow each and every year. Now, next week, we jump into November. Yes, we're getting closer to Thanksgiving, more fall festivities, and just out of reach of Christmas and the holiday seasons. So before I clue you in as to who's going to be stopping in here next week, I do want to mention all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Show. That's D-I-Z Radio, S-H-O-W. You can also join our D-Wire Disney discussion group on Facebook as well. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney Blue. That's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our frightfully fun, spooky, 
fun Disney shows. And remember, if you want to stay connected instantly, you can't wait. You want to hear the magic, the memories, the D-team, our celebrity guests. All you have to do is go to iTunes and Stitcher Radio. It is that easy. Go there and subscribe. Search Disney Blue, Diz Radio, Disney On Demand. Hit subscribe and you can get the latest shows as they get released instantly on your mobile device, your Android, your tablet, your iPhone, you name it, and listen to the shows as soon as they get released. So definitely check that out on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. And if you can't remember any of these, as I always say, just go to DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com, and you can see all those links there as well. All right, LVD heads, so Halloween is over. Well, not over. We still have the actual day of Halloween next week, so gear up for those special tricks and treats that I do have coming to the website. But next week, we are going into November. That's right, we're going into November, fall, Thanksgiving is around the corner, and all kinds of fun. So next week, to help us celebrate that, is somebody that knows a little something about things that take place during the holiday season. Somebody that knows that you shouldn't put water on a certain animal after midnight, and many other things. So until next week, all of you D-heads, as I always say, take time, slow down, never neglect family for business, go out, carve those jack-o'-lanterns, get dressed up yourself, be a big kid, don't just leave it to your children, have some fun, make the memories, make the magic happen, and thank you once again for making our 7th annual Not-So-Scary Halloween celebration an awesome success once again. So definitely go make the memories, make the magic, and happy Hollowishes, all of you D-heads. Until next week, close out with a little bit of Monster Mash, a little bit of fun, and a little bit of Halloween dancing. I was working in the lab late one night When my eyes beheld an eerie sight When my monster from his slab began to rise And suddenly, to my surprise He did the mash He did the monster mash The monster mash was a graveyard smash. He did the mash. It caught on in a flash. He did the mash. He did the monster mash. From my laboratory in the castle east to the master bedroom where the vampires feast. The ghouls all came from their humble abodes to get a jolt from my electrodes. He did the monster mash. It was a graveyard smash. Caught on in a flash He did the monster mash Out from his coffin Jack's voice did ring Seems he was troubled by just one thing Opened the lid, shook his fist and said Hey, whatever happened to my Transylvania twist? It's now the monster mash And it's a graveyard smash Caught on in a flash Get out of your coffins now, you one. Then you can monster mash. Monster mash. Oh, the monster mash. It's the monster mash. It's the monster mash. It's the monster mash. It's the monster mash.
come again. Don't be shy. You now know there's nothing to fear. So come back for Halloween next year. Happy Halloween, everyone! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon. (laughs) 